You're listening to the Great Day in Sales Podcast, brought to you by Alicia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Great Day in Sales Podcast. We're getting things started. This is our first recording. Now, we release these kind of whenever we want, to be honest, but this is our first recording in 2024. I just had to say that because it's a brand new year. We're really excited for a number of guests, especially our guest today, Mary Keita over at Growth Loop. We've been talking, um, we talked last year a little bit to get ready for the podcast, and we've been talking now, and we're just excited to kind of hit record because she's 30 days into a brand new role. Now, she has an incredible history of sales roles at brands you will definitely recognize, but very excited to kind of get her take on those first 30 days, and we'll get some insights into how she approaches a 30, 60, 90 day plan. But Mary, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. First podcast of 2024. Yes. Thanks for kicking us off. Yeah, we appreciate it. So Mary, why don't you give us kind of the uh, your background a little bit, different roles that you've been in um, and how you've progressed and now, now that you're leading um, the sales team over. Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, I'm 30 days into a uh, new vice president of sales roles, uh, sales role growth loop. Um, I've spent more or less the last 10 plus years in um, sales of some kind. Um, I started my career working at a language translation company and then quickly pivoted in 2016 to working at HubSpot, where um, I was actually one of the first salespeople to sell what has now become uh, the HubSpot CRM. So super exciting to kind of see how that's evolved. Um, And then from HubSpot, I started working at a company called Lytics, which is in the customer data platform space. So that was really my first kind of foray into data and how um, marketers can use data to power personalized campaigns. And then um, naturally kind of made sense to join Growth Loop, which is really more of a composable customer data platform in that space. So spent most of my career in MarTech, um, but that really kind of all started at uh, HubSpot. That's incredible. And and walk us through the a lot of I, me, myself being a marketer. Um, I remember doing like HubSpot was so incredible mm-hmm. at those those little lures that that like one product that would be really nice to have for free and somehow HubSpot would have it and they'd have my email and I'd be in the system and you you were a part of one of those. Is that right? I was, yeah. So our so what was interesting is um when I joined HubSpot in 2016, they were obviously known for inbound marketing and had a huge, you know, inbound content funnel with downloads and white papers and a lot of resources on that topic. What was interesting about the team that I joined, um, which was kind of the first iteration of the free CRM, is that it was really product-led growth. So you'd sign up for a free account, you'd start to use some of the products, I would get a trigger that there was a product lead, and then you could either auto-book a meeting um, or I would prospect and book my own meetings. So it was really the first time that um, I had ever sold or worked in a product-led growth um, sales function, if you will. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, what... You know, I think so many of us are just mimicking what HubSpot's doing and you were part Mm -hmm. of that at the ground level and those early stages. So that's, so that's incredible. And now you're 30 days into a brand new role. We were just talking about our, what we did over the break and you said you were busy because, you know, it's tough to, to kind of clock in December 1st and then, then you're out for half the month. And so you've very much been head down, kind of getting ready for, um, you know, your yearly planning and things like that. How have the first 30 days gone for you? It has been fast and furious. So yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to start a company on December, December 1 versus January 1 um, because you're kind of 
at least on the sales team, a lot of people are closing out their year, which is great. You're kind of onboarding um, as things are slowing down. But at the same time, at the leadership team level, you're doing a lot of annual planning. So I was really kind of thrown into all of the strategic planning, financial planning, sales planning for 2024. So I almost feel like I got a little bit of a head start. But uh, yeah, it's been absolutely fast and furious and feels a lot longer than 30 days, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, that is a good thing. I, I've experienced that as well. I feel like if things are going well and you feel like you're doing a lot, a month goes by and you're like, has it only been a month? I feel like that's, mm-hmm. kind of the, that's what you that's what you want to feel, right? How do you, Mary, how do you approach this? And you've, you've been in different roles. Um, obviously, HubSpot, you were part, like got very big, but you were one of the early people in that, selling that CRM, been in other roles. How have you approached this one differently at this stage in your career going into it? Has it been very analytical? Have you, do you really want to understand the product as quickly as possible? Like how have you approached these first 30 days? Yeah. So I think compared to um, my most recent role at Lytics, where I was also in sales leadership um, and that role, I was promoted from within. So I think one of the learnings that I took is um, when I was kind of just getting into leadership, I didn't really take a moment to sit down and create a plan. I kind of just started doing the work um, and had to play catch up in a lot of ways with regards to what do I want the culture of the team to be? What do I want my management style to be? Um, Where can I have the biggest impact in sales execution? So in this role coming in kind of as an outside hire, I've had the opportunity to do all of that. So some things that I'm looking at are, number one, definitely getting up to speed on the product quickly. Um, fortunately coming from a similar space, um, that was something I was able to do fairly quickly. So I've spent most of the time really digging into the data on the sales strategy and execution and understanding kind of what the sales funnel looks like and what are the biggest areas of opportunity for us going into 2024? Are we going to, uh, focus on increasing close rate or are we going to focus on increasing deal size? So kind of more of those sales operations type of metrics um, and analytics at this point. Um, The other piece of it is really making sure that I am managing the team throughout a transition. I'm a new leader. I'm coming in at the end of the year and the beginning of the year. It's really important that I establish credibility um, and I'm a trusted resource for them and make sure that we continue on all of the good progress that we made in 2023. So I'm kind of thinking it in two buckets, sales strategy and execution, and then team and team management. Yeah, I think, you know, on this podcast, as we've asked sales leaders, just so much of the response we get is 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 managing the people, right? People, mm-hmm. I think that's just such a huge part, especially like you said, you need that validation early on. You need to show that you have credibility. So I love how you bucket those two. I think that I think that makes sense and will resonate with a lot of people. Um, going forward, you've got yearly planning and um, not to, to um, put you in the hot seat, but I love that you'd mentioned before the podcast of just, you know, coming in, you don't have that history of, of not just product knowledge, but business knowledge mm-hmm. in the years past. Now you're planning for 2024. You're with the C-suite. You're with the leadership team talking about what you're going to do. How are you approaching that? What are some of the challenges and, and maybe how are you overcoming some of them as well? Yeah. So I'm fortunate to work with a really great collaborative leadership team where as I was coming into the role and we were trying to finalize the financial plan, Um, which sometimes at companies, um, when you're new, you don't have an opportunity to sort of influence or have a voice. So I was very fortunate to be brought up to speed very quickly with our two CEOs, with our VP of finance to really understand um, what the year over year growth has been. So the the financial plan that we put forward is 
aggressive um, and optimizes for growth, but is also, um, I have a say in it, right? That's not kind of being dictated to me. Um, so definitely working with cross-functional leadership has been super important um, and kind of ease that transition, if you will, in planning. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we're kind of in that now too. And many companies are looking into 2024 planning. And I think it's great that you have an awesome team around you. Um, what, what did you set up in this new role? Did you present kind of a 30, 60, 90 day plan? Did the team that brought you on kind of say, here's our expectations over the next kind of time period? Did you structure that, that yourself? How, how have you kind of gone about um, getting acclimated to this new role and team? Yeah, so I actually set and created, um, actually created two versions of a 90-day plan. I created one that is um, what I would consider external, that was reviewed and kind of agreed upon between me and one of our CEOs. And then I have an internal version of the plan that um, focuses on things that I'm trying to do personally, as well as um, professionally across the organization. So I really kind of organized the external version into two main buckets, sales strategy and execution, and then team. And then within those, I kind of had three core areas that I was focused on. And that was all dictated by me, decided upon by me based on my observation over the first 30 days. So it was, as much as I created the plan, it was based on real life observation um, in my first 30 days on the role. And then the internal plan is focused on all of those things, but also focused on um, creating a strong personal brand um, between myself and my team. Um, both the team that I'm directly managing, as well as my cross-functional stakeholders across the team. So it's really more about how do I navigate um, kind of the internal dynamics? How do I ensure that I'm building a uh, trust with my partners in marketing and customer experience and finance? Um, so I kind of thought of it in two separate buckets, but yeah, it was all um, built and dictated by me. How Mary, how, how are you doing that? How are you building that trust? And I know you got into it a little bit, but you know, you just mentioned a lot of different teams and probably a lot of different types of people in each of those roles. Is it? Mm -hmm. I think the number one most important thing is to never come into a situation with assumptions, right? We all have assumptions and bias from places that we've come uh, from in the past and maybe things that we think have worked. So it's really just been at least the first two weeks in the role, a fly on the wall in leadership meetings, hearing how other people are talking about approaching different challenges or situations that we're having um, from a financial standpoint, from a sales standpoint. And then after you sort of done a good job of listening, then you start to um, you know, provide value um, and provide kind of expertise based on experience and approach things in a more collaborative way. So I definitely don't think coming in with a strong opinion um, without data is the way to go. I definitely think listening and spending time to absorb um, is how you start to build trust. And also the one other thing I would say that maybe not a lot of people do is kind of build almost like a stakeholder map internally to understand kind of who are the key individuals that are going to, at least in sales, influence your go-to-market success. And so something I'm doing in this role that maybe I haven't done in the past is really work closely on having a regular cadence with um, our new VP of marketing, our head of customer experience, um, and then finance and partnerships as well, just to make sure that we're sort of one unified go-to-market motion and we're not operating in silos. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I, I've been a big proponent of that marketing and sales kind of being one go to market team, right? So I love that you're mentioning that right off the bat meeting with your and and a relatively new CMO as well. I think that I think that works really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And you got into a little bit of kind of your two different versions of first 90 days, your 30 days into it. How close are you holding to that 30, 60, 90 day Have things change pretty quickly as you've been in in there? Or do you feel like you're you're holding to your plan pretty well so far? So I did kind of an audit of my first 30 days yesterday, um, knowing that this was the first working day of the year. And I'm on pace to kind of hit all of the sort of core KPIs. I will say when I created the plan, it was up-leveled enough where there was room, I would say, for movement or iteration as I went throughout um, the first 90. So there's some things that I had maybe scheduled to have done by the end of January that I've already just been able to do by getting up to speed quickly. Um, So I think if you're going about a new role and you're sort of trying to build this and hold yourself accountable, keep it up-leveled enough so that you're not kind of pigeonholing yourself into things that are, I would say, more in the weeds and less strategic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's smart. I think um, those, the, those first 30 days you want to come in and use your time wisely, but also listen, we've heard a number of groups um, that, you know, their expectation coming into meetings is not even talking for the first 30, Mm -hmm. 60 days or so, you know, just kind of listening and getting your bearings and kind of see how things operate within the company. So I think doing that audit was a smart idea and keeping yourself accountable, obviously for those first 30, 60, 90 days. What um, do you feel like as a part of that, like where you're trying to get to, um, by that 90 day point, is that something that you feel like you have well established as, okay, here's where I want to be after 90 days, or is it a little bit more, okay, I just want things to be going smoothly at 90 days. Does that make sense? Do you have like kind of a, a finish line that you're trying to reach or do you want things more just to be fluid and, and feeling good at that 90 day point? So I think it's easier to get more specific and less fluid on the sales execution side, because I know what my targets are. So, and we're an enterprise sales company, um, pipeline generation and kind of coming into the uh, last nine months of the year with significant coverage is extremely important. So I know fairly well that by the end of the first quarter, I have to have a certain amount of pipeline coverage and a certain amount of things in place to be able to execute. So I would say that is not fluid. That is um, likely to not change and was pretty easy, easy to articulate. I think the things that are maybe a bit more fluid um, that you can't necessarily put a KPI on are things like, um, you know, making sure that every single person on my sales team considers me a trusted advisor in their sales opportunities by the end of 60 days, or uh, everybody is potentially self-reporting an improvement that I've helped them make um, within some of their active opportunities. Or to your point, things are just running smoothly. People are happy. People are doing good work. Um, people are driving towards sales execution in their own um, territories and patches. So I think the team component is a little bit more fluid, but the sales execution, not so much. How much, how much of, you know, talking about that sales execution piece, and if you're an enterprise sales team, I'm sure you have people building pipelines as well as closing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, do, are you able to come in and, kind of replicate a lot of what you've been doing in, in previous roles or have you, or, or is it more kind of figuring things out and moving very quickly to learn new, or, or do you feel like you've got some frameworks and things that you've been able to come in and kind of apply quickly? 
I think on the operational side, there are some frameworks that I've leveraged in the past that I think work really well that I'm bringing to this organization. Um, one of those is really in uh, deal qualification. I personally um, prefer MedPick as a deal qualification methodology. I think it gives you a good sense for really what the overall health of your existing pipeline is. Um, so that is definitely something that I'm coming in and bringing. Things that I'm sort of not necessarily still figuring out, but that um, I didn't have a lot of assumptions around were things like close rate, um, kind of the velocity with which opportunities move through the funnel, just because this is a different business. Um, there's been a lot of change at this organization regarding their go-to-market and sort of how we bring opportunities into the pipeline. So it's a little bit of um, using some past experience to test assumptions as opposed to kind of coming in with a plan there. So I'd say that's a little bit, a little bit nuanced between the sales execution and the operations, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What, Mary, what, how quickly should a new sales leader feel comfortable in changing kind of maybe that outbound or you mentioned pipeline generation or just a, a lot of those customer facing, like how we're talking to the customer really impactful things. How, how quickly do you get comfortable with, Hey, let's, let's make a change. Let's start experimenting with some things or, or maybe the same question is just how long do you let people kind of keep doing what they were doing when you, when you join a company in a new sales role like this, what do you feel like is a comfortable amount of time? I would use in the first, let's say 90 days, I would use the word tweak instead of completely change. Mm -hmm. So obviously this business has been successful has been growing um, and will continue to do that. So we don't need to completely change everything because obviously some things have been working. So it's how can we come in and replicate the things that have been working and tweak the things that have not. So I don't necessarily feel comfortable at this stage completely starting from the ground up because we don't need to do that. I would say though, if you are a new sales leader and you have a 90 day plan that includes building credibility and trust um, and becoming a trusted advisor, both within the team that you manage and with your cross-functional stakeholders. At the end of that 90 days, if you've done that well, you should feel more comfortable and confident making, I would say, less tweaks and more broad changes because you built up that credibility. And um, ideally, you have evidence to support things that you would like to change. I love that word tweak. And I'm, I mean, I'm all about positioning. So if you can position it at less of like, hey, Mary's coming in, she's changing everything. It's more like, hey, Mary came in and, and recognized something kind of quickly and we we tweaked a little bit and we're seeing success just within, you know, within a month of, of making that change. So I think that's a really great way to position it, help your sales team feel like they haven't been missing out on opportunities for the last two years or so mm -hmm. and something. And you kind of you kind of approach it much more as, hey, um, let's take advantage of this. Let's tweak something here and kind of see what the results are and, and see how it plays out. And you have to be really confident with that too, right? Cause your first couple of tweaks, you kind of want them to be winners. You maybe not get too risky with those first couple of tweaks. You want to feel really confident about those and then, and then make them, make them happen. Um, exactly. I would just going back go to one thing you said, I would definitely, you said, you said something about winning. I think it's about figuring out where you can have the quick wins right? Where can you make a tiny tweak that you know is going to result in a quick win, either with an individual on the team or with the group? So yeah, I would say it's always about getting quick wins. Yeah. I, getting the quick wins right when you start, I think is, is extremely important. What's some more general advice for sales leaders 
And maybe, you know, I don't know how you'd want to take this, maybe first sales leadership position, whether it's being promoted from within or, or maybe you want to separate your answer out for different opportunities like that. But yeah. I've just heard, I've heard time and time again, it's one of the hardest transitions for someone in a career. I think I, when I look back at my marketing roles, you kind of just take on a little bit more responsibility. You keep learning new skills. You understand how to manage people with, once you've learned those skills. Um, but with sales, it's like you being an individual contributor, hitting quota year after year, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you flip the switch. You don't have a quota. Or maybe I've heard the toughest job is having a quota and having to manage a lot of people. So yeah. Um, what's some general advice for people kind of flipping the switch in their career and, and going into um, leadership? So I would definitely say when you're making the switch from individual contributor to leadership for the first time, because you've had success as an individual contributor, I think most of us could agree. You assume that your way of doing things as a rep is the way that everybody should be doing things. And so I think what ends up happening is you're trying to um, maybe manage folks or dictate the way people do things based on how you would do them. And I certainly did that, right? I thought that the way that I would approach an opportunity or a situation was the right way. And I ended up burning myself up, trying to get everybody on board with the merry way of doing things when that's not always the right case. So I definitely think keeping yourself open to different sales styles, different approaches, and treating it like you're, again, a strategic advisor in an opportunity and with a team and not you're a super rep that is now just trying to sell for six of your team members. Um, so trying not to kind of fall into that trap. I would say the other piece as well, and I think this is whether you're going from individual contributor into leadership, or if you're just starting um, a new leadership role, relentless prioritization of tasks. I am still trying to um, hold myself accountable to doing this, but having created a 90-day plan, if I have a calendar that is full of meetings or activities or things that are not contributing to my priorities for the first 90 days, it goes to the bottom of the list. So just always checking in with yourself, looking at how much time you're spending kind of in each of your different buckets of the role. And if it's not part of your 90 day plan, if it's not a top priority, it has to go to the bottom of the list and you'll get to it later. Yeah. I, I, I like your answer for that and, and not being a super rep. I feel mm -hmm. like that's one, ah, like how, how often do you have a sales leader that not, and, and it doesn't even, doesn't even mean it's on purpose, but just, Oh, this, this deal is really big. So the, that sales leader almost kind of takes over and needs to be on the sales calls. How can you avoid not being a super rep in those positions, I think is a big one. That's that we could have a whole podcast episode on not, not hundred percent a super rep in your first sales leadership job. I think that's, I think that's awesome, Mary. Um, we typically ask the question on the podcast, what does a great day in sales look like? And I, I'd, I'd love to kind of, kind of position that to you since the topic has been, you know, how do you get started with your, whether it's your first sales leadership position or just a new one, and then, you know, how do you have a great day in sales when you're brand new? And I'd love for you to apply it to, you know, in sales leadership role. But how, how do you have a great day in sales when you're in a position like like you're in kind of ramping quickly and, and getting into a new role? I think the best day that you can have in sales when you are new in a leadership role is self-reported quick wins from people on your team. So anytime that I can have somebody on my team 
successfully moving a deal forward or improving a talk track on something based on my coaching and my, you know, advice, that is the most personally rewarding, fantastic thing. And I think if you can do that, if nothing else can happen, you're going to have a great, not just day in sales, but year in sales. I love that self-reporting is, is such a huge, we believe in it at Alicio and on our team and, and, and especially I, I, like I'm, I'm jumping at this because yeah, if you've come in, you've built some rapport with your team, you've built some credibility, they should be self-reporting those wins to you and they should be excited to celebrate them with you. And that certainly is a great day in sales when that happens as soon as possible when you join a new a new company, a new role. So I, I absolutely love that answer. I think it's one that I'll, I'll actually be thinking about and want to apply um, for some people that will be joining us over the next year. And just how do you, how do you get to, how do you get your team to really start self-reporting those wins um, when you add someone or kind of create that new dynamic within your team? That's when you know things are are going great. So I, I love that answer, Mary. This has been fantastic. I think. Um, you know, who knows, 2024, there was a lot of movement in, you know, over COVID 2020 to 2022, really, maybe even mm-hmm. beginning of 2023. Um, and then I feel like I haven't seen as much movement, um, you know, especially in the C-suite level or just high up leadership roles. And so talking to you now, I'm guessing there will be some more movement um, in this year and the following year. So hopefully this will be something that people can listen to and kind of get some ideas on how to approach it. But how you've done your first 30 days sounds great. Already building rapport with your team. So really appreciate the time and, and talking to you and, and, and just thanks for sharing some of that. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. We'd love to have you on the podcast again to hear how the rest of your ramp has has gone. But in the meantime, uh, we appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Great Day in Sales podcast. Check us out at podcast.alicio.ai or anywhere you stream podcasts.